It's all about the will of God. It's all about the will of God in our life. And you know, I believe it's the most difficult thing in the natural to yield to the will of God. But the Holy Spirit is here to melt us and to show us the way. It's not so much conviction, but conviction plays its part. It's the softening of our hearts towards God that's the important thing. God wants us to have a, a soft attitude towards him. That when he he visits us, as he does frequently, we are aware and attentive of his presence. And uh, I've had this bit with me for a few days now. Do we bring God into our situations first? Or do we go for another place to get support in life? You see, the Holy Spirit wants us to become dependent on God's power and presence in our lives. And it's so easy... When we, when we face a trial or some sort of tribulation, it's so easy to look, look for a solution in all sorts of different places. We do it without thinking, don't we? As, uh, this is a, something that God convicted me on, and I, I, through the Holy Spirit he convicted me. And I'm aware that I don't fully... Go to God with everything. Some things are trivial when they start uh, and we think we can deal with them ourselves or we can ignore them or whatever we, whatever way we choose to deal with the situations in our lives, we can, we can uh, leave God out. But God is waiting. The Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He wants us to yield everything to him that he might help us and bring us through. You see, miracles happen through faith. And faith is operated by how we, in our hearts, relate to God. If we look to God for everything, everything, I mean everything, you know, sometimes we look to the job and the salary coming in at the end of the month or in my case the pension coming in every month and we think thank God for that but do we look, look to it and say thank you Father for your provision because whatever money we got was provided way back when we first got saved I believe that my finances before I got saved were a mess because I, I survived in, in debt most of the time, borrowing off my mum or whatever it was. But, you know, when we get, get God in our life, he's the one that sorts out our, price, our, our progress in life. I thank God for 
the way you sorted out my progress in life. My ambition when I left school at 15 was, I don't know what I want to do. Somebody persuaded my father to talk to somebody and got me an apprenticeship at an at a agricultural machinery company. I got a five years apprenticeship in the tool room there. How I got it, I never know. But God smiled upon me in those days and I found him and he came into my heart and my life was changed. I didn't realise it. I asked God to come and demonstrate his power in my life and I didn't know just how he would do it. And it's little by little, there a little, here a little. This is a scripture. It's like that. God adds to our ability to receive from him. And I thank God my life progressed and I got to the, bit, to the top of my uh, experience in work. God brought me to a high, highest level um, possibly that I could attain at the time. And I got the opportunity to retire early at the age of 57. <laughs> and you, you know... It's 25 years next year since I retired. God has kept me. Hallelujah. I don't receive a salary from anybody at the moment. I just got my pension, you know. Um, That's how it is. But God provides my every need. And he gives me wisdom of how to to manage what I have. And that's the wonderful thing. And he, he has made provision to the day I die. I believe that. To the day I either die or caught up to be with him. Hallelujah. Whatever I have will go back <laughs> to whoever. But you know, what I have now is priceless because it's through God. And what I'm saying is we need to look to God. If you're looking for a job, if you're looking for something a next moving in life, look to God. Look to him first. You know, he, I think sometimes God gets upset because we look to every other device, you know. I know one, one person in, in the place where I was working told me one day, he started more or less the same time as I did in the, in the office that I worked, told me one day he was going places um, and he would do anything to get to the top. Uh, and he, he used to go into the, the top boss in the, in the office in the morning and give him a cup of coffee, just to, so he knew who he was. So, and then he'd have a little chat with him. He had the brass to do that. And uh, he did progress after a fashion. But I was more blessed in lots of ways than he. Um, he, his ambition took him to India for about five, five years, which he didn't like very much. He got his manager, he was a manager there, but he didn't like it much. Because he was always, he was a, a fine wine uh, man. He used to love fine wines. He was delighted when he was in France for about six months, but uh, going to India, he was no wine. <laughs> Only imported stuff. I used to sort of wind him up a little bit and say to him what's the wine like in India (laughs) as you can wind wind people up Um, 
he had a sad finish to his life, which is quite, quite sad, really. But he didn't know God. He knew I knew God, and he knew all about that. But he didn't find God. I thank God I found... Well, I didn't find him, he found me. And that's how it is. But having said that, do I always put God first? No. Because of my intellect. But you know, if you have a problem this morning, try taking it to God. Every time, every time. Take it to God first. Okay, you may provide somebody to to help you with the situation. But really when it comes down to it, God is the only one who can solve your problems and to lead you in life. Whether you see, we are privileged, I'm privileged, I'm born again. I got born again when I was seventeen in a factory, the same factory as I'm talking about where I started out as an apprentice. Hallelujah. I'm privileged. From that moment on my life took off. So it's important to be born again. It is. You say, how do I get born again? You ask Jesus into your heart. Into your heart. Not into your mind. Into your heart. You say, Jesus, come and live in me. As we were singing those songs. And he will. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? To have Jesus living in you. He gives you confidence. He is giving me confidence this morning to stand here. I had a dream last night. I've been asking God all this week, what, what, what shall I talk about? What shall I talk about? I've, I've had all sorts of ideas, none of them which appealed to my spirit. They might have appealed to my intellect. Could have been very boring this morning with something. But I praise God that he sent me a dream in the middle of the night. I kept saying to him all the week, Lord, I need, a, need some sort of input from you, Lord, for this. And he, he sent me a dream. And I, a strange dream. I was travelling like I used to in my business days and I was in Germany. I was in some, I can remember the building, some town with a big university, I don't know, in Germany. Uh, and I was doing whatever I was doing. I did, didn't get into what I was doing because it didn't come up in the dream. But I was staying in a German hotel. I got up for breakfast one morning before travelling home and I was eating breakfast and these people were next to me on the table. There was about six of them. And uh, I was just minding my own business. And the Holy Spirit said to me, go and pray for those people at the table. This is my dream. It's not, not reality. This is my dream. Go and pray for these people. Well, they fell out on the floor. And the Holy Spirit showed me this thing, which is a marvellous thing, I think, really. He said, my power is like lightning. Now, do you know how lightning works? There's a, a big cloud up there with a, which is charged with power. It's, it's a bit like God. He's up there charged with power. And the lightning can only come when there's a connection. You know, and suddenly the path for the lightning to flow down from the cloud towards Earth, because that's where, the, where it's, it's going, Suddenly it finds a pathway. Maybe it's a few drops of rain or whatever it is. And it will come down. And it usually finds something on the earth to hit first. So that's why you get struck by lightning if you're out in the field when lightning's coming. (laughs) But what he was saying to me is, that is an instantaneous thing. And it will 
only happen when the conditions are right. And he says, we have got to be like that lightning conductor. The power of God is there, but it only works when we're in the right place at the right time to transfer the power of God. It's not there that we can feel good. It's not there to make us feel that we're, we're experts at this sort of thing. We can just lay hands on people and they fall over and all the rest of it. Uh, it's not there for that purpose at all. It's there for the purpose that God makes it available for, brothers and sisters. And we wonder, we say, well, why doesn't it happen when I do it? Because we're not in tune with the pathway that God wants. Hallelujah. And we can get in tune. You know, if, you, if, it's, if the storm is brewing, you get out there, and sooner or later, later the, the, the lightning will strike you. And it's the same with the Spirit of God. You get out there, and you let it flow through you, it will hit, and it will change lives. Hallelujah. If you've been hit by lightning, you'll change forever. <laughs> I thank God for his, his lightning. It's quite powerful. It, it, it brings me... I've laid on the floor, I've rolled over, and uh, I felt the power of God really in my feet. I've had it, it's all over me because I allowed the Holy Spirit to come yes. with his power. Amen. You can't demand it. You can make yourself... You can get out there where the storm's going on. That's why I like to go to meetings when the power of God's hitting, when it's lightning's coming down. <laughs> You can get out there, but you can't command the lightning to come down. You can only stand there, maybe with your hands up, <laughs> to get nearer to heaven, but it's not, it's not essential, but it comes. And I thank God for that. You see, um, we'll just read a few scriptures. Sorry, if you think I wear these, I wear these glasses because I'm waiting for a stitch to be removed from my eye. It's going to happen on Wednesday, I pray. Um, and I have to be a bit careful um, because the light affects it. It's, it's been a trial of faith. I've had this for 10 weeks. And saying to God, I need a solution. Well, I've got an appointment on Wednesday. I'm hoping the man will take the stitch out. And it, I'm, I'm in Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. See, this is talking about a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood, 12 years, came behind him, touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I, be, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. If you're looking for a miracle, you need to touch Jesus. Well, Jesus is not down here. He's in you, but he's seated on the right hand of God in heaven. So there has to be a transfer of the power of God. We call it the anointing. The transfer of the anointing from God. And you have to touch him. He's the only one that can heal you. Maybe I can 
help you by being somebody who's reaching out for the anointing for you. But the only person that can heal you is Jesus. It's not about the man. So a lot of people chase big men, go around saying, well, he has results. Well, they do, because they, they allow God to use them. But you see, he can do nothing for you if your heart is not open to God. He can do nothing for you. The, I'm talking about the evangelist. You know, you see them. Uh, they say, we're laying... One of them says, I'm laying hands on the dead. <laughs> and they're not receiving it. You know, I've, I've been in a meeting where somebody was playing for somebody who was sick. And I was standing behind to catch. And the power of God didn't touch the person, but it touched me who was behind. I went out like a light on the floor it didn't hit them it hit me you see there's no the power of god was there but there was no connection it has to be a connection through the heart your heart has to be open you it takes faith it takes faith you have to believe it's not a free see some people come in these meetings and think well i'll get up there and he'll do it to me well he won't <laughs> he won't he won't he, you you have to be in a condition where you can receive from God. And the first, first part of being in that condition is to open your heart to God and look to him. Not the man that's laying hands on you. I've, I've heard lots of stories about this where uh, people have come for the big man and one of his, one of his uh, people he's delegated to in the meeting gets out there praying instead of the big man. And then people start saying, well, I'd rather have him pray for me than him because he's got more power than him. When they don't realise that the power is with God. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter who lays hands on you, providing they've got a yielded life to God and their heart's open to God. It's not, it's not a dependent on the person. It's dependent on your heart. Having faith. Having faith to believe that God can do it. Hallelujah. This is what happened to this woman. Jesus wasn't even involved until she touched him. See, the power of God was upon Jesus for that healing. Hallelujah. God, the Father, had put the power of God on him for that particular woman's healing. She touched the bottom of his garment and the lightning came from God and healed her completely. Jesus turned around and said, Who touched me? In one of them versions of this story who touched me and she came forward very sheepishly and said it was me hallelujah so we have to get it clear if we need something we have to go to the right place to get it hallelujah okay there are people who can help you we can help you but we can only go so far hallelujah with your need the only one that really can help you is God and Jesus in heaven. You know, there's a great story we all know in uh, Acts 3 and 6, don't we? I won't go into it in great depth. But Peter and John... said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee in the name of Jesus 
of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, it might look, if you just read that verse, as if Peter and John were there just going around dishing it out. But it says, in the verse previous, this is the man. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have none, but what as such as I have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man's faith was imparted and the healing came. That's the wonderful thing, isn't it? They told him to look to Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? Then we got Luke 50. Sorry. Luke 7, 50. Fifty, yeah. I read a little bit before. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seeing this thou seest this woman, I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with her hairs of her head. They gave me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And then he turned to her and he said, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also. And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. See, this woman came to Jesus. We don't know whether Jesus knew her or whatever. Um, But obviously Jesus knew her by her activity. She was washing him She was anointing him. She was doing all these wonderful things for him. The things that Simon, the Pharisee, should have been doing. But she did it. She she washed his uh, feet with the tears from her eyes. She was worshipping Jesus. She opened her heart to Jesus. And Jesus was able to do something special for her. He forgave her sins. Now, we don't read that she made any of the normal things that we would suggest in, in in the church, whether she made a decision or whether she asked God into her life or all those things that we get so conscious about. But she found release from sin because of her attitude of heart towards Jesus. And it's all about the attitude of our heart towards Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, we, we get, sometimes we get things out of focus. We see the things that we've done and we think, how could God love me? But you see, this woman, as, as the Pharisee said, is a real sinner, this one. But this woman came before Jesus 
and she opened her heart to him. And that's the thing. She didn't go and talk to him and tell him all about what she wanted. She went to him and she did something which demonstrated her heart's condition. And Jesus was able to forgive her sin. What a wonderful thing for that to happen. Then there's Luke 18 and 42. We all know about, about blind Bartimaeus, how uh, he was sitting by the wayside when Jesus came by. Now he obviously knew Jesus was capable of giving him a miracle that he might see. And we, we, we go through all the process of him crying out. We go through the process of him laying aside his garments, of, of beggar's garments, and going to Jesus. Um, and this is what Jesus said to him. Jesus said, Receive thy sight, thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight, followed him, glorifying God, and all the people when they saw it gave praise to God. Hallelujah. See, he didn't come by invitation. He came because he knew his need. Hallelujah. And God wants to see your attitude towards him. And God wants to see what you need to change that situation that you have in your life. God wants you to yield and ask him. I think probably that's the most difficult thing we can do. I've got several other instances of this. David, when, he, when his whole family had been taken in captive and David was there um, at Ziglag and, the, and the, all his warriors were about, they were really upset because all their family had gone and all the rest of it. Uh, but David called for the ephod and he inquired of God what he should do. And God gave him a strategy to get out of the situation he was in. Now, this is the wonderful thing. God doesn't always do what we ask him for. Have you noticed that? He often deals with something else which allows him to deal with the other thing. And in this case with, uh, with David, he dealt with the situation in David's heart. Because David at this point wasn't in a particularly good place with God. If you read the preceding things like that, you find he'd been dabbling and doing things in his own nature. And that's why he got in the mess at Ziglag in the first place. But the wonderful thing is, God brought David out. And he gave him a strategy. And God will give you a strategy to deal with your problem. That's the wonderful thing. Because sometimes God wants you to do something. Most of the time what God wants you to do, you don't really want to do. Because it either means you're going to look 
less of a person than you would have done if you just hung in there. You're gonna, sometimes you have to show forth the things that, um, that you have brought you into this situation that you face it. But God will give you a strategy for getting out. That's the wonderful thing. I thank God for that. I've had that experience on several occasions. And uh, it's wonderful when God gives you a strategy. Because when God gives you a strategy, it's unusual. And it's, uh, it has a terrific effect on your life. Hallelujah. It makes you, gives you more trust. So the final things I really want to say is always live by faith. Don't live by hope alone. Live by faith. Believe that God is who he says he is and he is the rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Hallelujah. So it might take, diligence means it might take a little longer than you think sometimes. Sometimes it goes on for years. But God is changing you and teaching you along the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can tell you, it's some, some of the things that God's had to teach me have taken a long while. But uh, when you learn it that way, you learn it. It's a hard way to learn sometimes, but it changes you. Hallelujah. And when you get changed, you're able to look at other people with, a, with, a, with an open sort of mind. Because you've been there. <laughs> Press into God. Press in. Press in. The woman with the issue of blood pressed in to Jesus. She went and pressed through. It says she had to press, go through the press. The crowd was thronging him. She had to push through. Maybe it's not something you want to do sometimes. You have to push through the things that are hindering you getting to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he wants you to push through. Hallelujah. When you push through, you will find him. Bless the Lord. So, remember what I started with. Did God, you bring God into the situation you faced? Do you always bring God into any situation that, that is before you? Do you say, Lord, I don't know what to do, like David. God will give you directions of how to deal with things. You'll have to be patient. You won't always see what God is doing. Hallelujah. Faith doesn't see. It can't see the, outc the outcome. You can see it in your spirit, but you can't see it on the ground around you. The things that are binding you or holding you back or whatever they are, your mind will not be able to cope seeing the, the thing gone but your spirit will hallelujah so press in there say I'm not going to whose report will you believe I believe the report of the Lord that's, that's yeah that's what we have to do we have to believe what God says amen and he will not let you. it says he will never fail or leave you
What a comfort that is. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray this morning for those who are in need, for those who are not well, for all those people around us, and those around the fellowship, Lord. I can think of people, Lord, that are not here this morning because of their need. They need you. They need an understanding that when they come into your presence in the church, you are able to do things that you can't do when they're out in their wilderness, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray you'll break that that binds people from coming before you, Lord. I pray you'll break that down and that they'll come and they'll lay their burden and be changed by the power of your Spirit as they come in. Bless the Lord. We, we thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit in this place this morning. We thank you that not one of us will ever be the same again. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path.